here. Quite a challenging Sunday school lesson. We need the wisdom to be quiet when we need to be quiet and speak up when we need to speak up. The challenging of a brotherhood to, to encourage each other on the motive of our heart. Why are we doing the things that we are when we challenge or when we are concerned if we are concerned about a person, are we reaching, are we doing it in the right way? To know where our heart is. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Lord says, I can. And that's where we need to go. To allow him to show us our heart. For a message this morning, where thinking a little bit of last week and the week before. Brother Jay prayed for Justin and his family. They did get home. And uh, during the night, the little young boy came out and he couldn't sleep. And he went back and prayed with him. And pretty soon he was back out again. And he just... Yeah, it's hard. He first time it was praying for Alicia and Kendrick, then the next time it was for the Kreider family, the happenings. They're going through a lot. So if you think about it, just pray for Justin and Lene and their family. It is a very very hard time for them. Keith and Eva had been at our house for a week or so. Well, it was for a week. And when he had revivals back in, I think it was 18, 2018, if I remember right, or I looked it up, and I think that's when it, when it was. So, uh, yeah. So just pray for the Kreider family. For a message this morning, I'd like to read from Philippians 3. A book from, or a letter from Paul to the Philippian church, written from prison. But uh, I'd like to read the first, uh, I think I'll read the first 17 verses, and then my main thrust will be from 12 through 16. Philippians 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, and touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, 
and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if, if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. <clears throat> this is a familiar passage that we do know. We've been, we heard this or uh, know it pretty well. Here Paul was saying that if anybody can brag about his flesh or his, his old life, he can, he can too. His credentials and his, all his things that he had, the list there in verses 5 and 6. But he says he counts them for loss. They were as dumb. He wants, he, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, and I count all things but loss for the excellency, excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That is, he wanted to know him. He wanted to win him, it says, that I may win Christ and that I may know him. I would like to think of, of Paul's life here and look at some of the things that we can learn to help us pressing on toward the mark that we can press on toward the mark, keep on pressing on. And just looking at some of Paul's things here that he brought out and to challenge us to see where we're at and where you're at, and not just you, but me as well. <clears throat> Verse 10, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. He wanted to be conformed even unto, like unto his death, be like him even in his death. As I was thinking of getting to know him better, being more like him, that was his desire. Is that our desire? If we want to press on toward the mark, that is going to be our desire to be more like him. The first step, that something that stood out to me is verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. He says, I haven't reached this plateau. He isn't satisfied where he's at in his life. Are you satisfied where you're at in your life today? 
Yes, we are to be content, but if we are satisfied with our Christian life, we are not going to pursue to go to grow. We're not going to pursue. He said, I haven't attained this perfection yet. He isn't there yet, but he, is, he says that he is going to press that I will follow after. He's going to follow after. So he was dissatisfied. If I'm satisfied with where I'm at, I'm going to become complacent, lazy in my Christian walk. We, we just hunker back and say, well, I'm fine where I'm at. Why bother pursuing more? But Paul said, I haven't attained it yet. I haven't reached that perfection that is going to be mine someday when I get, get to be with him. He said he wasn't. He, did, he isn't there, and neither are we. He hadn't reached his goal. He hadn't reached perfection, that full knowledge and perfect conformity to his, to his Lord and Savior. He said his righteousness, that was nothing. But he said, he went, or, uh, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He wanted to know him. He wanted his righteousness. So uh, I like word studies. I know Matt does too, and a bunch of you others do too. But a word that, that stood out to me and comes out different times in this passage is taken from verse 12 there it says but I follow after the word follow after I thought it was interesting in studying that it has a lot of different meanings in our in there it's used in a lot of different ways in the King James it is used as as uh, persecute suffer persecution persecutist uh, follow follow after press Press toward in verse 14 is the same word. It's used in different ways, but it has the, uh, it's a very act active word. It has the idea of pursuing with the intent of overtaking or with chasing with the idea of catching. And so it is, it is Paul says here that he hasn't attained it, but he wants to follow after. But I will follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. What Christ has called him to be, that's what he wants to. He, he hasn't gotten there yet, but he wants to be. He wants to follow after. He wants to pursue that and wants to overtake it. He wants to capture that. He wants to lay hold of that, grasp it for his life. He, he, he wasn't satisfied. He was dissatisfied. What about you and I? Are we satisfied where we're at? Or are we grasping for more of Christ, what he has done for us? Paul had a lot of credentials here, or a lot of good things, but he said, they're nothing. They are counted loss for Christ's sake. They are, they are refuge. But he wants to win Christ, and he wants to know Christ. So first of all, we need to be dissatisfied. He has called us to be holy and without blame before him in love, according to Ephesians. It brings it out that way. <clears throat> so we are to pursue it, to follow after, and get a hold of what 
he wants has called us to be. In verse 13 there, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He, con he continues to make sure that they know he didn't reach that point yet. But this one thing I do, the one thing I do, one thing, I, I see that he had a devotion of one thing. He wanted to know Christ. He wanted to know him better. He wanted to win Christ and allow him. He hadn't reached that perfection yet, but he had a singleness of purpose. He wanted that one thing he to do. His commitment, knowing him and his will, that I may win Christ. Am I so devoted or committed in my Christian life that that is what I set my purpose, my life on? to know him. Is there one thing that is that what describes my walk with God? One thing I do, he says. As I was thinking of the one thing, I uh, went to some of the different verses that have the one thing and stories that we know well taken from uh, the rich young ruler in Mark 10 is that account. I'll just read it and then point out what the one thing was. We all know it. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeling and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. There he had that compassion on him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Here the rich young ruler said he kept all the commandments, he kept all the law. But then Jesus said, but this one thing thou lackest. And it said that he was grieved. And he was sad at this saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. What about... What would Jesus say? Would he say one thing thou lackest? What would that be? Or would he, would, can we say like Paul, this one thing I do, striving to know him, to win him, to be more like him. Another one is in Luke 10, another very familiar passage of Mary and Martha, where Jesus came to them. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, 
thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That one thing. What would Jesus say to you? Would he say that you are encumbered with a lot of things? You're careful for a lot of things? You're, or would he say that one thing that you're doing, sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking time with God, getting to know him in his word, Bill brought out that Jesus went to the mountain probably to be praying before he faced the scribes and Pharisees there. Went to Mount of Olives. What about you and I? Are we sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning from him? Or where do we learn from? I just Google it. Do we learn from there? Or do we sit? at the word of God, at the feet of Jesus, and learn from him. It takes work, it takes effort to study, to dig in, to read, and to just allow God to speak to us. It takes time. It takes time to speak with him, and it takes time to listen from God. Would he say this one thing, one thing is needful, and that is what you have chosen, which shall not be taken away from her. And there's another, another one, Psalmist David, he talks about that one thing. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Are we desiring of the Lord? Imbuing, it says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. If you... If we're desiring it and seeking after it, we will see that it happens. When that is our heart's desire and that we are, de are seeking, we will make it happen. He says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. Viewing our Lord for who he is. Paul was devoted and committed to Jesus Christ. He wanted his purpose and his will for his life. He said that he was going to follow after, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He says, this one thing I do. And then he goes on and says, well, he says, one thing I will do. He wanted the Lord's will to do, be done, not his own. He wanted, can I commit myself and say, Lord, whatever you will, that is what I want.
devote myself to knowing him and being more like him. Next thing it says, one thing I do, forgetting those those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. The direction that Paul was going. He was not looking back. He was looking forward. He was moving forward. He was pressing on. He was not looking back and dwelling on this, what took place way back here. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. The forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, they go together. These, he was reaching forth for those things that are before. He was moving forward, so he was reaching forward to that. Reaching forth is another interesting word, uh, an athlete's word, an action word. Says reaching forth is the idea of a runner who strains every muscle, everything leaning forward for going forward, putting every effort into it. A runner who strains every effort to press forward in a race, straining, stretching forth. Some of the other translations bring out the idea of stretching or straining forward. Reaching for those things that are before. He says, I forget or forgetting those things which are behind. You know, if we want to be going forward, we can't be looking backward. We can't. We need to forget those things that are behind. Can we forget them? No, we can't perfectly forget them, but we can make so we don't live in them. We don't need to live back there. If we try to bring those things in the past into our life now and live there, we're not going to be moving forward. It's going to hinder our pressing onward. I have three things that, that I, I don't know what all, when Paul says that he forgets those things behind. Was it the things that he was mentioning of the flesh, the things of the flesh before he was a Christian, the things that that he's forgetting those, or was it maybe some of the victories, some of the things that he has won, or that he was victorious over as a Christian already? He says, I for, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. I think it's important that one thing that we need to forget is the past successes. Yes, no, we need to look at the successes and see how God was there and led us through them and was faithful in that area. But if we try to live in the successes of last year, we're not going to be, it's going to hinder our moving forward. I had to think of, of uh, Derwin, he's a businessman. He, he has sells things. I don't know if he got number one award of selling Mahindras or not, but if he got that last year, if he's now, he's, oh boy, I'm just fine reveling in this success. He's not focusing on this year, and he will not get number one probably the next year. I'm just, I just happened to think of that as, as I was thinking of, of trying, we, we lose focus if we focus just on the past victories. Yes, 
count the blessings and count God's faithfulness, but not try to live in that. Elijah, he had a mountaintop experience. And what was the next chapter when Jezebel came after him? He was as far down as he was up. We cannot. God's grace is sufficient for today. We can't live in the grace of yesterday. We need his grace moment by moment. So forgetting the past successes, not trying to live in them. What about the regrets and failures? Paul had lots of them. He could have said, all the persecution that I brought onto the church before I was a Christian, he could have left that bog him down and get discouraged. But he chose not to bring that up or he chose not to. The choices we make, yes, we have regrets, we have failures, but we don't need to live in them. Another one is those things that can make us bitter. We need to leave them behind. We as Christians are not to be getting revenge and getting even but we are to forgive. Let those things go. Make them release that other person, the thing that makes you bitter or that would have the possibility of making you bitter. Trusting God that he is in control and that he is there. He knows what's going on. He sees the whole picture better than we do. Can we trust him through it and Allow them to be taken care of. I mean, have, have them forgiven and keep pressing on. If we revel, try to bring these, the successes, failures, regrets, or this offenses or bitterness against, if we try to live in, or if we live in them, we're not going to be running forward. We're not pressing onward. It is important that we press onward to be more like him. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, straining every muscle that we have to go forward to be more like him. We cannot simply forget our past and it is gone. It would be nice if we could hit the delete button, it would all be gone and we could be free to keep on going, but that's not how it works. But we can choose not to live in the past. These things will hinder us from moving forward or stretching forth, reaching forth in it all. So he, Paul says, I am reaching forth. I am going forward. I'm going to keep on going. Verse 14 says, I press toward the mark. He has determination to, to move forward. He says, I press toward. Remember I said the press toward is the same as follow after. The same strong, earnest endeavor to pursue and overtake. He wants to press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I press forward. He is pursuing it with the intent of overtaking. Are you pursuing the Christian life in that way? 
He says, I press toward the mark. What's a mark? Anybody? What is a mark here? Perfection. Perfection, okay. Ultimate perfection, okay. That's one. I had pressing on toward the mark or goal or perfection is kind of my title, what I had. I, I, I don't know. Is it Jesus Christ? If we set our sight on Jesus, it is a goal. It says, I press toward the mark. He sets his gaze, he sets his eyes, his focus on that mark. So he is going for that mark, going for the prize. I don't know. I don't know that it is a, but I think it's, to me, I think it's Jesus. Setting your face on Jesus and knowing that if you take your eyes off and deviate and follow other, other things, you won't get what he's going for. He says, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is heaven. I don't know. Heaven, Jesus, setting, fixing your goal, your eyes on that thing. And he says, I press toward. He has earnestly endeavoring to move on for that prize. He fixed his eye on the goal. Hebrews brings out that we are to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our faith. And that is the idea of fixing your gaze of one focus. And that is where you're going, heading that direction. He says, I press toward the mark of the, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have the high calling of God, the upward call, the heavenly call of God. Paul was called there at Damascus Road to be a vessel in God's hands, to be a minister to the Gentiles. And he was called. Each one of us have been called as a Christian. We have been called to an upward call or a heavenly call. And we, if we fix our eyes on that goal, when we have our eyes fixed on the goal, our eyes will be off of ourselves. It won't be on our failures. It won't be on our victories. It will be on him. How often do I get sidetracked and get my eyes off that goal? For the prize he is pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. What surprise? Anybody? Is it Jesus Himself? Is it heaven? Is it sitting with Him on His throne? I thought of, of Matt going through Revelation. There it says, The overcomer. Him will, I, he'll sit with me in my throne, but isn't he on the right hand of, of the Father in his throne? 
I, I did look that verse up a little bit, and I, I was like, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So we're going to be sitting in with Jesus in his throne, and he's sitting with the father on his throne. That's my God. I can't explain it. Can you? <laughs> I'm glad we can't explain everything of God. He is so much more. That prize is so much beyond what we can imagine. But I believe it is Jesus when we are, I mean, part of it. Jesus, we are going to have glorified bodies. We're going to be changed. We're going to have that perfect, we're going to be in that perfect perfection state. Complete, yeah. Because he said, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He wanted to be raised like Jesus was, or like Jesus, and be more like him. Anyway, so we have, I press toward the mark, moving forward, determination to move forward, fixing his eyes on that goal. Away from self and for new heights in Jesus Christ. Gaining new heights for him. Attaining new things. For that supreme prize, which is, is it the crown of righteousness that, that Paul speaks of as well, that is laid up for us. But all our effort is all my effort and strength on pressing on toward the goal. We are to put our effort into it, pressing on. We have not attained yet. We aren't there yet. Let's keep on pressing on. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, be minded like Paul was, to continue to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Let us live up to what we have attained to. Let us live it out. Let us flesh it out and live like what we have attained to already, what God has given us. And may we live it out and flesh it out. When we think of the athlete pressing toward that mark, having his eye fixed on the finish line, we need to continually do that, keep our eye on him. And when we think of the athlete that is going for that finish line, that goal line, if he wants to get that prize, he needs to be disciplined. Disciplined to run according to the rules. We could look at 1 Corinthians. Well, maybe I'll just read a couple verses there. 1 Corinthians 9, also familiar verses, 24 through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain, so that ye can gain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered, 
in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. Athlete, he trains, he disciplines his body in a way to win that gold or whatever it may be. But if we discipline ourselves and come and are obedient to the rules that Christ has given us, the commands of Scripture, then we can be faithful, or then we can receive that prize at the end. Only those that are obedient and strive lawfully. Second Timothy, Timothy two five talks about striving lawfully as well. That's the only one that will get the prize. Paul encourages us to, or says, "Brethren, be followers together of me." And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. Be followers together of me. Let's strive at it together. We're in this race and let's press on. Press on. Keep moving forward. When we look back, we're going the wrong way. We lose focus. We, I shouldn't say we're going the wrong way when we look back. But yeah. When we're looking back, you see that a lot on the road. When people are looking elsewhere and they're not driving where they're supposed to be. If we keep looking back, we will not get to where we want to go. Let's keep our focus. Pressing onward. Pressing toward the mark, the goal, so that we can receive the prize from God, from our Father. Just a challenge. This was a challenge to me, the idea of pressing on, not get, allowing things to sidetrack us, but to press on like Paul. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth, continually reaching forth for that, that mark toward that mark. I press toward the mark, putting all our energy, all our things into pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, that we can lay hold of what Christ has laid hold of you. In, in Colossians, Paul shared, he says, whom we preach, warning everyone, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That was his goal, to share it with others so that others can be perfect, become mature in Christ, so that they can reach that goal as well. Let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat>